Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, with me today is a returning guest who told me right before we hit record that this is his favorite movie or one of his favorite movies. Let's be real, it's Grease 2 is his favorite movie. This is one of his favorite <laughs> movies. It's Tyler Henry, everyone! Hey! Yeah, no, it's this, this is definitely one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say my favorite. Grease 2 is your favorite. favorite. That's another contender. I don't know. It's always oh. hard to pick one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I You're... think technically if you go to my letterbox to count, I mean, The Wizard of Oz is always going to be number one. This first oh, well, I mean, that's a, that's a given. So maybe, let's say for now, yeah, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is my favorite movie. Uh-huh. And As we're here right today to talk yeah. about the 1970 cult classic. Oh, definitely a cult classic. Yeah, for sure. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, a screenplay by Roger Ebert and Russ Meyer. <laughs> yes, Roger Ebert, that Roger directed Ebert. by Russ Meyer. And according to IMDb, three girls come to Hollywood to make it big, but find out, but find only sex, drugs, and sleaze. So, okay, yeah. I think that's the, <laughs> in a nutshell. Trying to put this movie in a nutshell, though, that's kind of hard, isn't it? What the fuck? <laughs> it's a weird fucking movie, man. It is yeah. bonkers. Like, we, when I did Listomania, I was like, this is the weirdest movie ever. And then I watched this and I'm like, oh no, this one went, yeah. hold my beer. Oh yeah. And yeah. like, I also did a porn musical movie on here where there was actual sex. This, <laughs> it's, so this movie is rated X. It's not rated yeah. NC-17, everyone. It's rated X, but... They didn't have NC-17 yet, yeah. But you don't really see a lot of sex. Yeah, see- that's the thing. It's really weird. And I was reading some more, like, today on IMDb Trivia, where he was trying to get an R rating. Right. And they gave him an X. And then he wanted... Right. One of the stories is that he wanted... He said, oh, I want... Oh, let me go back and put it in more, more tits, you know, if I'm going to get an X. But they wanted to rush it out. Okay, so I also read that fact, and I got so dizzy watching this movie. Okay, so Mm. fun story that I have that I was planning on telling everyone on this episode. Um, When I was in college, I was a film studies major, and one of my film classes that we took, the professor for one lecture had had us do an exercise where the entire class clapped every time there was a cut. And so you got to, well, so she showed us two clips. One was like a lot, uh, an older film. So every time there was like, you know, focus on you, focus on me, that we clap then, but it was very few and far between. And then she showed us like Edward Scissorhands and the claps were getting closer together because shots are now shorter than they used to be. But watching this, I was like, if we were to do that exercise with this, we would just be applauding the whole thing. Cause my God. My God, the <laughs> just just a fucking conversation is mm-hmm. insane. Back and forth, back and forth, and then yeah, like 
one person starts talking and then it shoots back to another to the person that they're talking to but they're still talking and then it goes back and they're still saying like oh my god i did like this movie but (laughs) no the dialogue overlaps a lot too i i'd forgotten that till i watched it again last night did you ever watch a show called laughing uh i know of it just because of i i one of my heroes is tiny tim no joke and yes. I know he they had him on there a lot. So I've seen like those little clips of him, but that seems like to be kind of the same. Yeah. So in laughing, yeah. you've probably they also did it on Drag Race. They did a, mm. a variation on it where there would be like a party scene and it would focus in on the different people and they would say like a joke and then it would go the, would go back to the party scene. They'll focus in another group of people and there'd be like a little joke. That's what this felt like. Mm-hmm. This felt like an episode of Laughing. It also made me question Roger Ebert as a film critic. <laughs> yeah, really. That's I've had that thought too. I mean, the fact that he was so, uh, and then tonight before we did this uh, on the on the supplemental material on the Criterion Blu-ray edition is you know John Waters has a lengthy interview about it, which I love because he's the perfect person. But he talks about that how roger ebert gave his his movie such terrible reviews but this you can see a lot of the inspiration for john waters in this one movie alone i mean it's but it is it's this constant i remember that was and i i only watched this very maybe i watched this around 2019 or so i had had it for a while i think there was one time i think it came out 2016 on in the criterion collection and I had seen Valley of the Dolls, and I had actually done a staged reading of Valley of the Dolls here in Nashville. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I was like the narrator, like reading the stage directions, and it was going so long that I made an executive decision. There were like four people there, and one of them was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I'm going to skip ahead. And like, you know, and I love Valley of the Dolls. But anyway, Criterion wanted to really release this movie, which, as you know, has nothing to do. <laughs> It's they no they tell you in the first second which is like, good yeah like oh we're but what did they say that like they they tie it they're tying it to the valley of the dolls because of the weird journey that they're going on i guess it's kind of the same thing these girls and they get there you know but now they're going beyond the uh, the valley of the dolls so they're going beyond that story it's very confusing that's just one and, of the, and then they one of the many confusing things about this movie and then like later in the movie when casey is um is revealed to like be popping pills um she calls them dolls and like yeah, that one only... line is the one that's connecting the one factor thing. yeah yeah but it's it's really it's really interesting so and i think i was reading that so criterion just wanted to release beyond the valley of the dolls and then fox would only they said okay we'll let you do it but you have to also release valley of the dolls so i think it was probably when they had a 50 percent off sale and this was 2016 or so and i got both of them and it took me a long time for some reason to watch Beyond. And I think I did. Well, yeah, COVID hadn't hit yet, but it was 2019 and I finally watched it. And I had that feeling just from the cutting. I was uh, the, the editing. I was just like, okay. Like, but it was also, I just instantly became obsessed with it. It is. It, I, I can yeah. understand because it is truly bonkers of a film. I'm not going to lie. A lot of my notes are mm-hmm. like um 
uh, uh, 10 minutes in, I think I love this movie because it's insane. Also, what about the murders during the cold open? Uh, hour they give it away, yeah. Hour and 26 minutes, the Nazis explained, kind of. So the beginning is the end. Uh, hour eight, is no one going to talk about the murders that happened in the beginning? Uh, like, oh my God, this movie. So this movie has the cold open that's the ending. But like, yeah. I didn't they didn't say like they needed to say like eight weeks ago or something like that because i yeah. thought you know at that first laughing party that happens it's gonna be like oh did you hear about the murders Ooh, that's so bad uh, it is weird isn't it yeah and the, especially the first time you watch it because you're like what the hell is this and the gun going into her mouth and screaming and, and then all of a sudden we're at a high school or a senior prom with the band. That and was so a good that, match. Yeah. That was a good match cut. I have to say. Oh, it was when she screamed. So it's like giving you a little bit and it's almost to the point where you almost forget about it because of how hectic the editing is throughout the rest of the movie. Then it happens and you're like, Oh, okay. And I re- now I remember when ride of the Valkyries was playing and he's, you know, he's, you know, impaled with that giant sword and the, yeah, and I was like, uh, at the beginning, I wrote, why is there a running Nazi? Did that guy <laughs> in the cape murder the Nazi? Am I supposed to cheer or feel sad for the dead Nazi? Which, <laughs> by the way, that is so subtle. Because mm-hmm. at one of the laughing parties, the it's the bartender mm-hmm. brings up uh it, it's the one with the boxer the the laughing party with the boxer yeah so it's like second or third one uh who's always shirtless and he, yeah and hey, the, he got the, it flaunt it yeah and when the fight breaks out mm-hmm. the bartender is the one who says like we could have used a fighter like you in the ss or something like that so like that something is his, like that that is his nazi uniform that is oh, not a it costume. It totally is. And then the fact that Deutschland Überalles plays when he brings out the costumes at the final party, the private party. I mean, and Where... it's like totally not, you know, but then Russ Meyer was, um, I watched, again, I had to rewatch some of these supplements, but, you know, he was, uh, he, did a, he did a lot of filming in World War II. And I think he had told a lot of people that was the best time of his life. And that's where he learned a lot of that. So he kind of got, I wouldn't say obsessed, but he was around that imagery i don't think he i mean he was not sympathetic to nazis or he was not but, a fan but it was i think that was in his you know but, he'd had that experience being around it but if it's your first time watching it and you <laughs> see a nazi be murdered you're like what's going on first of all yeah because what's also happening in the cult open is that it's the credits there are credits yeah. happening. You're scrolling up. Yeah, you're scrolling, and you're like, "Wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why did I did I jump to the end? What's going on?" Yeah, so you're trying to read those. You're trying to watch what's happening, like with Cynthia Myers, go, you know, running away. And it's but but I noticed that this time again too. I mean, it was very clever to not show Z-Man or Superwoman's face. You know. Okay, can um, we talk? Can we talk about them for a hot second? <laughs> okay so what do you I, think I, the first time you saw that well when z-man is um a predatory homosexual prior 
mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, good. This is great representation right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hate that I was okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> No, I, I, I mean that with so much sarcasm uh, yeah. because he, uh, they try to fuck Lance Rock, who is a gigolo? He's a whore for money. So, yeah, I guess that's, you know, like he says the things I do to get some bread. Like, yeah. yeah put, put on that little cheetah speedo. <laughs> you know, yeah. Cheetah and I was just confused. So I had to go to the Wikipedia page to understand what I watched at the end of the movie. And can I tell you what it says and how <laughs> incorrect it is? I am, I'm very intrigued because I probably have not looked at that. After Z, so I'm quoting the Wikipedia page for Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, everyone. I like to cite my sources in case somebody's going to try and come after me one of these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Um, after Z Man tries to seduce Lance, who spurns him, he reveals that he has breasts and is a female in drag. Now, is Z Man really trans? That is my question of the hour. And that's the thing. It's still hard for me to believe that. And of course, that was such a last minute decision. I think that's on one of the making of supplements that I didn't get to watch all the way through tonight, where Roger Ebert, I think he came to us when they were still writing. He's like, I had an idea. Z-Man's a woman. And he was like, okay. And that was it. But those fake boobs, is he, are they? I don't so know. That, I mean, because it, it is 1970, so they didn't have that term yet i mean there yeah, probably exactly. was but it wasn't the same uh yeah. as it is today but i was like i'm pretty sure this person is trans yeah or has um that condition where men can grow breasts it's just because of like a fatty deposit in there which that's uh, what i wondered the first time i watched it because they're not very big breasts obviously and... they're not and i mean they don't mention anything else Mm -hmm. i know it's it's so weird but you just my brain also just melted because i it also just recognized what you just said about roger ebert showing up and being like z-man is trans like what that though (laughs) makes sense because it feels like everything was just made up on the spot it kind of does and but in the same way it kind of works for me and it's almost like this movie's so crazy why not you know, and then what's even crazy, I remember what shocked me. I mean, that was kind of shocking. I obviously did not expect it to take that turn the first time I watched it around 2019 or so when I finally watched my Blu-ray copy. That's shocking enough. And then Lance gets beheaded with the 20th Century Fox music playing at that, that little fanfare. But that's still the thing that was still shocking to me was actually the very end when it turns into like this like after school or soap opera type thing with the narration like you must choose your own path and okay remember we are all brothers okay the ending narration okay what there's no narration the rest of the movie (laughs) there's no narration in the rest of the movie i have no idea who that voice is and it's basically just telling you this is high art and these characters represented this and that's why this fate happened to them and you're like why why is this lesbians why yeah i mean that's poor casey Uh, that i I was i was really upset with that i know when she dies too i mean i hate that i wanted her to escape well i wanted i I wanted uh, uh i know erica gavin's the actress but the 
Sharon, not Sharon. Roxanne. The, Roxanne. Who? What am I thinking of? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking of Sharon Tate from Valley of the Dolls. Oh Lord. Uh, uh, I, That's about, yeah. This this is this movie is just all over the place. Like it kind of starts off <laughs> like a like a Josie and the Pussycats, where you're like, yeah. okay, go go band, mm-hmm. trying to make it big in a different city and everything. And mm-hmm. they go to LA. Where there is these crazy montage of <laughs> scenes that we are going to see. Some of them, but then some of them are just random. Like a stoplight. Yeah, you're right. But still, like, there's a scene we <laughs> that we are going to see a lot of these scenes. And mm. I'm just, but as first, as a first time viewer, I'm like, what the fuck is happening like we got this weird cold open we have this Mm -hmm. weird montage after a banger of a song Mm -hmm. like i will i will give it to them these songs i love the soundtrack are amazing i don't really know who wrote all of them i think Stu phillips and uh what was her name it's a different voice, I think, in the movie that's singing. So it's not Dolly so, Reed who's the okay, lead. Okay, yeah, you're right. So I'm sorry I didn't give Stu Phillips his credit at the beginning. I because I re I see here most of the film's music was written by Stu Phillips. So I didn't know if that also meant mm-hmm. the songs or just the the bonkers <laughs> underscore of like kitty music while porn's happening. Um, I'm but, not, it's weird. It's uh, so the vote. So again, according to the Lynn Carey, there's Carey. Lynn Carey as well as Barbara Robinson mm-hmm. are the singers, and then I think Str- those are the ones that are in the movie. But also on the soundtrack, I think they. Now that I'm saying it, I think they did have Dolly Reed. I think they had the actual actresses singing as well. But in the movie, they used Lynn Carey. Anyway, and, sorry. And then Strawberry Alarm Clock is there. I know. And then the Sandpipers. <laughs> sing the opening or the theme song it's not in the opening i always forget it because that'll be on the days of now and then you mean i guess that's what it is on the on the album that i had downloaded it was beyond the valley of the dolls theme but it starts off oh but it starts off it's the well it says it's again it says it's the music for the opening montage on the beach or the murder on the beach but it's actually the music that happens when it actually happens in the movie and then it just goes into the theme song but that pops up on my music on shuffle all the time and so i and i haven't watched this movie in a really long time until last night so well that was one thing i wanted to ask you too so when did you first watch this film a couple days ago Oh, you've never seen it. You've never seen it before. Never seen this before. I read Valley of the Dolls numerous times. Mm -hmm. I've seen the movie version. Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah. Um, I don't go back to that one a lot. Yeah. I like the book more Mm -hmm. because the movie (laughs) is bad. Yeah, so, so I think ways. Jacqueline Suzanne felt the same way. Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. And then we get to this where. I am so confused. I bu- yeah. so I was like you. I purchased this on Prime a mm. while ago with the intention of watching it, and I just never did until yeah. a couple of days ago, where I was on break at work, and I was like, "Fuck, I need to watch this movie because we have a recording." And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm at work watching this, and I'm going, 
is this basically porn? Am I watching porn? What's going on that's, here? That's the thing. I thought I was going to like not have time. And I stayed up way too late for Sunday night last night watching it. And I had the thought, but also I thought on a Monday we were going to be way busier than we were at work or else I said that I, or else I would have ripped the Blu-ray to my phone and watched it. But then I thought I probably didn't need to be watching that at work. But then again, well, no, you don't need to be watching this at work. It's like, oh no, I did. I totally did. Nobody you, questioned it. It was probably better for you where you were than when I was at, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm at a bank. <laughs> watching, yeah, no, you know. I'm at, I'm at a theater. So yeah, uh, and I could be like, Anything this is beyond goes. the valley of the. I'm, this is beyond the valley of the dolls. I'm not watching porn for once. Like <laughs> for once, yeah. Well, no, but it's it's funny because you really, but then you think about it, they don't really show. They don't show anything because yeah. so there's that one scene where it's um in the barn and it's uh pet yeah, but even then. Petronella yeah, pet, Danforth. Yeah. And her and little she, man. And Marsha McBroom. And she appeared in the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar just a few years after. Oh, really? Which I didn't know till my friend Gibson. He runs the Jesus Christ Superstar site. Okay, She's so but in this movie, yeah. there's that scene where Petronel, Pet, Petronella Danforth Petronella, yeah. and Emerson Thorne, her little man friend, mm-hmm. have sex in a barn on hay. And... Which, and is it them? Wait, is it them? It is them, yes? It is them. Yeah, in, where I'm, you yeah. see, like, his lower back, just the lower back, right above, like, right before the butt crack starts. Mm-hmm. And then it focuses on a wooden post, and you see them blurry in the background. And I'm like, what's ha- what is this? What What is this? It's interesting, yeah. And, and I had forgotten about, there's one shot that, was insane but so perfect and i know you one? know it was so uncomfortable well let me well okay it's the one that's on my mind right now okay <laughs> the one it's with um what's the actual act what's the character's name the redhead i know her i know dolly kelly mcmara kelly yeah, it's kelly and lance and i think it's the first time and they're naked together on the bed but the camera goes they're just on the box springs because the camera goes up so you can see that and then the, the next shot it's like there's a mattress there but i thought that's such a cool shot but god that must have been so uncomfortable and then you see pet and emerson in the hay and you're like oh my god why did these he's doing this to them and then and then erica gavin had to have a gun in her mouth uh, which so ooh. um how many accents did you count from dolly reed <laughs> oh lord yeah there's a few aren't there? I, lo- I, mean, I lost count after five i think she in real life has a british accent she's british. which does come come through but then sometimes it does sound what like, yeah and sometimes it sounds like she's trying to do an american accent but what <laughs> it's she trying being the opposite trying there. yeah it's it's really weird which again is I don't know. I say weird, but it's kind of perfect for this because there's a way she said something when they're in the dressing room after they played that like really swanky place. She goes, "Yeah, man, that's really keeping it together." And uh, did you just see that little thing that popped? Yeah, up? what the fuck just happened? I have no idea. Zoom Those little thumbs. I'm keeping this in because Zoom just gave you a thumbs up, being like, "Yeah, we saw this too." It was Russ Meyer. Russ Meyer was approving of uh, my comments on his camera work. 
from beyond I, the grave. Can I just say what an interesting thing about this movie is that mm. even though it's boobies and titties galore, the main women they are trying to hide their their breasts as much as possible, and you can tell. Is it Casey or Roxanne at one point in the in the bed? Yeah, um, like they are na- they are naked, but their chest is in shadow. Yeah, it's weird. I think that was Roxanne. That's right before. I think that's when Z Man comes in. Right, and, and then uh, and then uh, like Kelly, uh, Kelly. Um, she's naked, but like her back is to the camera, so you you see some side boob, but like you don't really see breasts. I think yeah. you see it like you see them once fully. Maybe, like, yeah. And um, then you see uh, now you do see Marsha McBroom's in the dressing room. Yes, yes, and then oh, no. Casey. I don't, I don't think you really see hers as well. But then Ashley St. Ives who's played by porn star Edie Williams. And playing a porn star, yeah. But she doesn't really show hers, does she? No, she's wearing, like, a lot of skimpy outfits. Yeah, because even when they're... But also... They're making love in the roles. And you don't see... And he's still got his shirt on, and, you know... There's there's a point... So I saw that she was a porn star, but there's a point where I was like, is everyone in this a porn star? Because... They're all terrible <laughs> actors, or they just don't give a fuck in this movie. I think they were. I think it's really funny because I I feel like everybody was completely serious when they made it. I think they felt like this was a, you know. Well, I definitely think John Lazar is Z Man, and luckily he's he's. I'm I actually also... friend, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he he tells me happy birthday every year. And my, and I hate my... his character. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, you know what's funny about that you say that? I really loved him when I first watched it, just because he was so crazy. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Well, it's not him. It's the character. It's the character of Z-Man. I it's, really... Roger, it's Roger Ebert's fault. We're going to blame Roger Ebert. I'll blame everything on Roger Ebert, yeah. But, he, you know, it's funny you should mention that, because I did have that thought when I was re-watching this last night. I was like, I don't really like z-man as much as i used to i it seemed um and for some reason i couldn't uh, it, and it was like maybe i was tired i had to put subtitles on and there, oh, i watch everything so much with subtitles happening. so yeah i had to because i was missing some things and i hadn't watched it in a year or two so it, it you know and but yeah i didn't really like his character as much this time around um, in 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 a way it got some of the line you know the lines kind of got kind of annoying actually to me He's giving like Shakespearean monologues. Yeah, it's during odd. his scenes, and I'm like, as like the gay representation for the majority of the film. <laughs> Not the only, but yeah. <laughs> Not the only. Well, I almost said the only, but did you see? I, yeah, I on the, the end women. credits too. There's gay boy, other gay boy. <laughs> oh no, I don't remember that. I don't. I don't remember that, and I didn't see them. But oh, they're in there. It's I like, wouldn't be oh, surprised. Fruit. Yeah. But yeah. like the for the gay representation, I'm like, is this what Roger Ebert thinks gay people talk like? I think he did. Yeah. Now there's one line though I still love of Z Man's. It is near the end when uh, you know, Lance has spurned his advances. And I I 
well, I can't say this in real life, but I, 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 I kind of feel like I do want to, like, if somebody doesn't message me back on Grinder or something, I just, ere this night does wane, you will drink the black sperm of my vengeance. I mean, that's, that is poetic. Okay, so to go back, to go back to that, <laughs> to the murder spree. Mm, yeah. Is it that he's spurned or because he's on peyote or whatever drug that they're actually a little bit of both no it's something i don't know i mean he's just nuts well because he's I mean, yeah he's kind of put together throughout the whole movie and well, so we think well so we think but i mean they keep well he is when together. there's a crowd he is when there's a crowd what? you know he he's putting on a show when he's yeah. got the big parties he's he's totally put together but it's really interesting you can see little you can see, I wouldn't say clues. I mean, because you really don't think the first time you watch it, it's going to go there. But like um, one of my favorite songs is somewhat near the beginning or it's after the first party, but in the long run. And they're in the studio or whatever recording it. And it's really beautiful. I love the way that he's got uh, Z-Man and then Harrison. Is it Harris or Harrison? Harrison. Harrison. No, wait, like, wait, wait, Harris. Harris, Harris that's right. So Z-Man and then Harris, and it's almost like they're they're looking at each other, and it's almost like these kind of like bedroom eyes thing, you know. But it's um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, he and he's it's like as the movie goes along, and the fact that he gets uh that party where Lance you know beats up Harris and <laughs> and then Z-Man's saying that you know it seems that we're both alone tonight, <laughs> and he's like you'd make a great switch hitter <laughs> it's like and again it is like you said it's like does roger ebert is that how he i don't think he i'm pretty sure he talked like that but uh i'm pretty sure i mean it makes me want to i kind of want to start using those but if I you don't, get it if you get a chance to talk to john lazar again just be like hey did roger ebert think that gays talked like this and beyond yeah. the valley of the dolls i was on a podcast and you should listen to it <laughs> i know he was upset that his first on-screen kiss was uh michael uh what's his name who was lance michael michael blodgett blodgett is it blodgett blodgett that's yes. i knew it was a b something michael blodgett yeah that his that was his sean's first on-screen kiss why is he upset Which, i don't because he wanted a he's girl not he's not gay no and he still looks good though john lazar i mean he that's the thing with him he's Those got sideburns such, yeah and his eyes and he's got such an intense look that i think that's why overall i really do love his character just because it's him and because really the camera loves him i think i mean he just looks so good i mean okay the lines are just they are what they are you know that they, they had to work with the script that they had I mean, this is, I know he didn't really like that line. This is my happening and it freaks me out, you know? So, I mean, because that is kind of odd. This this movie isn't as bonkers. And, like, the mute, but like, the music is banger. Like, I love, I loved all of, um, what is the band's name? I want to give them credit. The Carrie Nations. The Carrie Nations. I love. Before that, it's the Kelly something, but they're the Carrie Nations because he re- he names. You renamed them. them. Yeah, which is which is a good thing because like it doesn't single her out, you know, like Josie and the Pussycats. It's yeah, Carrie Nate, and 
their songs are i love their songs oh yeah um but i i also love that moment when they're on the talk show and <laughs> and they're and the other band members are like no kelly we're gonna do find it that song because it makes it's gonna make you think of harris and you're gonna love harris and then harris falls Oh, and the blood in this movie is the brightest, most unrealistic blood I have ever seen in a film. It is so bright. I get, I get it for other movies to do it stylized, like Suspiria did it to follow Snow White and mm-hmm. the Seven Dwarves. Um, other movies have done it because it is on purpose, but this one, I was just like, did somebody just have red paint? Is That's that what it what looks happened? like. It looks like red paint. It does not look believable. And even Clockwork Orange, like when he's watching that, they're forcing him to watch that movie. I mean, that looks more stylized, but something about it just again last night rewatching just really jumped out at me. And I'm like, this is so unbelievable. I feel like they had three dollars in a handshake as their budget. basically, yeah. Well, that's I think that's why they gave the studio 20th Century Fox that they gave. Russ Meyer finally had a big studio because the movie he did before that, which I've I've never seen, was Vixen, which it did have Erica Gavin, who was Roxanne in this. But that was made on a very small budget and it, you know, got ten it earned ten times. And so they were like, Oh, here's the director who can stay on budget. And they thought, well, the kids, you know, sexual revolution's happening. But again, he was limited you know, or he was trying to keep it at an R rating. And I think that's why we didn't get as many breasts as we normally would have in a Russ Meyer film and and more nudity. So the movie was, had a $900,000 budget, Mm -hmm. which is about, according to the IMDb trivia that I'm reading, it's about $4.5 million in 2005, which even that's just like, yeah, but that's like a, that's like a a 24, but this movie is weird because it doesn't it made me think it was going to be about the band and like their rise and fall (laughs) of fame yeah Yeah. and it's kind of there but then it turns into a slasher movie or it goes back into a slasher movie it takes all these turns it's really yeah and then the whole thing about her oh it's aunt susan that's who i was thinking of of that you know, Aunt Susan. Which, how old is Aunt Susan? How old is now, Kelly? If you, they now, look to be the, the same age. Well, I know, but she says when they're having dinner the first time that, you know, Kelly's mother was 14 years older than Aunt Susan. I'm sorry. I was not paying attention to that because I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> with, all the re- with all the cuts that are happening. And I'll tell you the one character I absolutely do hate is Porter. Porter. Hall. And he's so, which you're supposed to. But I'm like, so you are so skeezy. And it's so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable when she's trying to seduce him. Like, she's got him back at her place. And he's just like, she like takes his boxers off or what? But you don't see it. But does she give him a hand job? Is that what happens? Yeah. She's doing something. I know. And it's, it's, she's, fond- like, she's fondling something. And it's him. I'm like, and... ew. And he's yeah. such a skis anyway. But then she's, you know, and then she's trying to get more money because Lance is trying to talk her into that. And it's although like, that bar scene is insane with her um, and Porter. Yeah, where like they're having this discussion, he gives her a contract that basically is like, "Don't sue us." 
here's here's not your fifty thousand dollars just to yeah instead of whatever she was gonna get and then she's, she's like trying to get half a million yeah and she's like fuck you i'm gonna go dance out of the jukebox and then i'm gonna go to the bar and then i'm gonna push you or have a little fight. and then he gets that yeah and then she's trying to bring him back and she gets some smoking pot and, and it's 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 so ridiculous oh that's the one another great line and that she's like hang loose teddy bear or hang stay or hang cool teddy bear it's, like, it's so weird and he's so gross i'm sorry he's no don't be sorry he is gross he's gross well just his personality i mean that's the point of it i mean he's so condescending when we really kind of first well no i think we see him right before them but like he's talking to casey at the first party and about like oh, you're the senator's daughter what would he think of it and i was like shut up you know you can and it's, fuck yourself yeah and then the way he is and it's because he's trying to get on the in the money but that's again the very end of this movie it again was not even the narration i'm talking about the very end was the weirdest thing to me the triple wedding because all of a sudden it's like a little like sitcom from the 70s it's like well we've never had a triple ceremony and the music is so weird it sounds like the Brady Bunch and like Porter Hall's like looking through the window and they shut, shut the blind. And then it ends with that really funky like bridal march with the end credits. And it's so, I don't know what they were. I think, I guess they were trying to do. A, were they trying to do a parody of like every genre they could think of? Maybe. Or were they even trying to do a parody? Were they being totally serious and trying to, cram everything together and it somehow kind of works it's no it doesn't it doesn't work <laughs> okay well you and i are gonna disagree on that i no i do i think it works i think it's it, well it's it, not. it works on a camp level i'll give you that but like as a film i love the movie i'm telling you i love the movie it's, it is batshit crazy and that's uh, that's why i love it well okay but like it's entertaining you can't <laughs> the, uh, there's things about it, like you said about John Waters with Roger Ebert. Like Roger Ebert yeah. would rip shit apart about, you know, there was one. And there David was, Lynch's films, he would he was horrible to him. There was about. one movie that he hated so much that he basically just spoiled it for everyone in his review. I remember hearing about that. Oh, but yeah, like which one was that? Yeah. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But the but I'm I'm watching this. And it hurts my brain to even think about it because it it's so out there and so wild. And I'm just like, how did you have a career after this? I, I, and I guess that's the thing. And what I did, I think I knew it was going to be nuts going into the first time I watched it. And I think I, I tell you what it was. I think I just sat down and I said, I'm just going to be open and go on this ride. And I did. And it's very, it almost gives you whiplash with the way it, it's edited because he just, apparently Russ Meyer just didn't like to see people blink. Literally. He didn't want to see people blink. So if they were about to blink, that's when it cuts. But then you have dialogue overlapping, all these cuts. You see these party guests and you never see them again. That explains a lot then too that you don't see people blink because like yeah. when it's You really the... don't. You see it a little bit, but yeah. The lady in orange and the older man uh, I know. at the first party, their eyes are like half the size of their face. And you're like, what is happening? Like, like is, this also, <laughs> is this also like a anti-drug movie? Is this... It kind of feels like it, doesn't it? 
is this a porn parody, but also like anti-porn? Well, with Russ, it's hard to know. I mean, because that's one of the things that John Waters was saying. I mean, he obviously loved women and he loved big breasts. That was his obsession in life. But it, John Waters was saying, you know, shortly after this is when porn finally became legal. And so I think it was about 72 or so that Deep Throat came out. And he said that Russ was not a fan of that. So I think he liked more of kind of somewhat more teasing, more titillating. But I think and so maybe in a way it was anti-porn uh, because it wasn't showing everything. And there certainly didn't really. Uh, obviously, he was not going to show any male nudity. I'm honestly surprised he well if z-man's really a woman though then it's not really but that he had two men kissing you know even though obviously lance is not really in he's not kissing him back he's you know okay and so that's that's uncomfortable does anyone know how to kiss in this movie because i it, know <laughs> it's, it's just like their faces are just like they're either mashing their faces together or yeah. one person's mouth is open wide and the other one shoves their mouth inside that open mouth is that not how you do it have i been oh, doing I it wrong be doing, all these years i must be doing it wrong then because that's, that's not why how i've only I had it. first i have first and last dates that's all i have because i'm like the alien <laughs> which us which i mean if it's going on an anti-porn thing then that makes sense maybe a little bit yeah it's hard to know with Russ Meyer, and to be quite honest with you, I actually think this is so far the only film of his I've ever seen. I've it's hard to get a copy of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. I've always wanted to see that one. You can get a Blu-ray of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill for three hundred and forty uh, sixty dollars. That is why I have not ordered it. I was like, or I think... you can get the DVD for thirty-seven dollars. See, that's bullshit. Well, if I'm gonna, you know, if you're gonna, that's the thing because I think. I had a copy, some some copy of it is on my Amazon wish list. I'm pretty I never, sure you could probably watch it on YouTube. I probably could, but you know me, I'm like such a physical media whore that I'm like, right. I have to. Has well, to you, the show. listener, can watch it on YouTube. But like, and then, it, and then Tyler, I will probably go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> Do that, but yeah. It honestly felt like so he did try to edit it to get the R rating and not the X, but it felt mm-hmm. like he was cutting 10 seconds or less out of scenes out of moments or shots. Yeah. I was like, I'm, am I watching this on 1.5 speed? What's going on? Oh yeah. It's, it's nuts. It is bananas. And also I was way too sober watching this movie. <laughs> I realized that. Within, I'm, you know, yeah. I realized that like really early on in the film, I was like, Mm, we're not watching this in the right mindset. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. There's the Faster Pussycat Kill Kill Blu-ray on my Amazon wish list. Three hundred fifty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Yep. I somehow don't think it's worth that. But, uh, <laughs> what? What no, do you mean? No disrespect, but uh, yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully I don't know. It'll come out. Uh, you know. Uh, oh. I just need to I'll download it illegally. You know, and then burn it to a Blu-ray myself. So how long do you think that first party scene lasted in the film? Like uh, like what we see? Yeah. I don't know. It almost feels like about 20 minutes, doesn't it? You're right. 17 minutes. I counted. Oh, okay. But uh, when we got to Sweet Talk and Candyman, which I think is that. Oh, that is the. Mm-hmm. That is the Carrie Nation's number. 
Um, which I love that song. Which is quote unquote impromptu. I just wrote down, we're still at this party? Like it does go on for a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Goes on forever. Goes yeah. on forever. And then we go back. I think there's a couple more out there. Yeah. There's a couple more, and then there's the final one, which is the intimate party. Yeah. The private party. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's really interesting. Where, and it's not a long movie, really. No, but I mean, it is it I wish it was on like Tubi or something, because I do think I need the commercial breaks to like <laughs> to breathe. <laughs> to yeah. to marinate on what I just witnessed. That's the thing with this movie. It is you and if you do even what I do and just like go along for the ride, it well, it's overwhelming, to put it mildly. It's it's very it's a lot. In yes. more it's it's a in in more ways than um a lot of other films that we would probably put in that category i mean in some ways tommy can be overwhelming but then again you have time to really breathe and sit in it and but at least with ken russell he does cuckoo bananas crazy avant-garde stuff mm-hmm. but he brings you in on it and he lets you sit in in set pieces that are uh, practical yeah. and huge and detailed and bananas with this it's like a seizure in a way it kind of feels like what that would yeah probably feel that it's so it, it's kind of, maybe that's one reason too I, even though i love it so much i don't watch it a lot it's kind of exhausting yes and i'm sorry to be to go so hard at this and be so no, negative I, it's just like I've had a couple of days to think about this, and I'm like, this is wild. This is... Yeah, it is. I I took so many notes, and we didn't get to any of them. I could tell you that. <laughs> like, my last... my One of my last notes is, killing Z-Man causes Harris to walk. Fuck, man. Apparently. Uh, you know? Because even the doctor, when they're... <laughs> he's like, you must remember, it's a very rare chance it's like okay but you said it so it's gonna happen so it's like but then but then there's also wild moments where and this is a long episode everyone i'm not sorry about it there's it's gonna have to be (laughs) there's after after harris fights the boxer whose name i'm gonna i always forget um he goes to casey's place and he spends the night i'm assuming nothing happens because then we wake when they wake up in the morning casey like looks at her bedside table sees something i don't remember what i don't think anything's there and then she turns back and freaks the fuck out on harris but she's pregnant all of a sudden but then reveals that and i'm like so this guy cheated on her on kelly so that because that's the whole thing kelly and harris are dating in the in, when they're in their small town, America, yeah. Yeah. Um, allegedly, and then when they go to LA, everything implodes and everything, mm. whatever, what have you. But it, Casey reveals out of nowhere, I'm pregnant, and she gets an abortion and then yeah, has a like... relationship with Roxanne, who I don't remember. Is Roxanne the one in the beginning that's like, Casey, I want to, I want you to model for me? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's because, that's one part where there's a lot of cuts. It's the the pool scene, and then Casey gets out of the pool, and then Roxanne's there because Roxanne's seen her at the party. Because so, I also don't know how much time has passed in this movie. It's hard to tell because things yeah. happen 
And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that was like three weeks ago. And you're like, wait, what? When did when did three weeks pass? I think more time passes than is uh, overly evident <laughs> when you I watch mean, it. Yeah. If this if you told me this movie took place in the course of a week or in three years, I would believe you. Yeah. Either and way. It could. It's it's yeah, it's so it has it's to be just, a, it's frantic. Minimum a it's, week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's well, but I think it's more than a week. Oh no, but I mean, I, but I mean, if if somebody would come to me and be like, hey, yeah. beyond the valley, beyond the valley of the dolls takes place in the course of a week, I'd be like, yes, you are a hundred percent correct. Or well, yeah, you I, could if things move that fast in L.A. I, I, who knows, you know? Because they go to the party and everyone and all of them are fresh meat, and everyone tries to like uh, corrupt them. Oh my god! Yeah, from the get go, it's really yeah, especially with uh, Ashley with Harris, and then. That line makes no sense. I don't know what the hell she means. I like to strap you on sometime. What the fuck does that mean? I don't like, care. I, that one was hilarious. I know. She's like, and she wants a deathly dry gin. And martini. then, and then the lady Which, in orange still drank, says, "That's what I would." Yeah. And the lady in orange says, "I'd like to strap you on sometime later in that scene." I know because that guy, like the guru who whatever he's supposed to be, he's so weird. Because <laughs> then she's standing there next to some. It might be one of the young gay boys, the way he's got that ascot tied. But um, he's like, "Have you ever been whipped with a whatever till the blood came?" Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, and it's. But I love when he's dancing with Ashley at the beginning, and she's like, "I've got a bathtub or a hot tub full of mayonnaise." And he goes, "Mayonnaise." <laughs> so there's. I think that's why I love it. There's just some of the line deliveries. Are so yeah. they are very John Waters esque. I mean. And there's one like when they're in the dressing room that I forgot that Dolly Reed says again with one of her many accents. Goes, yeah, man, that's really keeping it together. <laughs> like she says it like that, you know. And so, and then now she says to Porter, "Up yours, rat." So <laughs> it's God. just perfect. I just love it so much. The more I talk about it, the more I love it. I mean, I, I will give like, it. I I think I, I will like give this it more. Yeah. No, 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 no. I I I watched it in the wrong state, in the wrong state of mind. I will say that, but I'm I'm over ten and a half years sober, and I watched it stone cold sober. Well, so I I think I mean I think maybe also, I'm just nuts. Do yeah. you remember the first time you watched it and how you felt afterwards? I think it's just because this is the first viewing for me. I am willing honestly, to give it a second shot. You should, yeah. Honestly, you and it is one that you have to because you do miss things the first time because of how quickly it goes. Yes. Well, I will tell you. I mean, I'm trying to remember. I I do remember being overwhelmed. I do remember thinking mainly just like what the fuck for that was basically yes. to boil down to my reaction. I remember I watched it and then I think I went to work the next day and I could not stop thinking about it. It was just plaguing my mind. Um I was immediately obsessed and I immediately pretty immediately watched it again. Oh yeah, so I to go back to the time period, the time yeah. frame. Um, okay, so I write the shot of Casey's pills is what ties his movie to the Valley of the Dolls. And then right after that, I wrote, two weeks have passed since they arrived in L.A.? <laughs> and that's got to be what? An hour into the movie? Maybe. A lot happens in L.A., especially then. I don't know what they were thinking about when they wrote this. The boxer really just hit the lawyer and then threw him off the car like a rag doll. I know. So, I I would that just like, if you don't move your ass, boy. And I'm like, 
okay like all right and well oh that's the perfect and she when he comes home and finds them and the what's she could say anything what does she say but you were supposed to be studying but you said you had to study <laughs> it's like yes. that doesn't make it okay that doesn't make it okay for you to cheat and then he and then he randomly shows up and is like I i'm know. not leaving and you're like he's acting like he's gonna like assault her in front of him and yes. i'm like it's like sir you don't have to go to this but then she pulls out a kitchen knife and then he he buggers off so um okay which we was have to- interesting yeah we have to get into Sharp and Flat. I'm sorry. It's this it, I know. I did just look at the time. Yeah. Let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. I, unsurprisingly to you, have a lot of flats than I do sharps. Yeah. But I think you will agree with some of them. Probably. So, like, my first flat I wrote down, the pacing, editing, and genre shifts. Um, I also flatted Porter and Randy, that's his name, that's the boxer. Randy. Randy. Yeah. I flatted him. Because yeah. they're both, like, toxic men in their own way. I feel like this is also Porter, but there's a pervy guy who double talks Casey at the first party that I flatted. I think that's him. Okay, still at Porter. At the first party, yeah. I also flatted the erratic time jumps. <laughs> yeah my other my next flat is for everyone not knowing how to kiss <laughs> uh flat to the nazi i don't think i need to elaborate on that we shouldn't have to i i flatted the non-diegetic music the not songs like i said they do bizarre choices to have like circus music under like a very important scene that like the, <laughs> They yeah. undercut scenes with like bouncy, fun music, and I'm like, why? Well, why? my favorite, my favorite, and it's on the expanded soundtrack, and it has John Lazar's line at first. Let the games begin. Is the Sorcerer's Apprentice music when they're like drinking the peyote stuff? And, you know, that I that made sense though because they are. That's the one I love. Yeah, that that one made sense, but like they're randomly and like there's a conversation happening about the band or something and then all of a sudden you just hear (laughs) something like that yeah what is happening and then um my last flat which i know you're gonna agree with me on this is (laughs) to z-man and the representation of the lg lgbt plus in movies this character is commenting yeah i think that's kind of what the issue i had re-watching it last night so they're not that they're not like wild flats. It's just that these are all the things I, I, that we talked understand about. Them. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand for sure. Um, what are your sharps? Do you have any sharps? Well, what are your flats? Do My you have flats. Any? Oh, that's right. That's how we do this. Um, <laughs> well, this might sound weird, and I I never plan these as you can, okay, well, yes as you can very well tell. Honestly, I think I I I wish it could have been the original cut. I wish it could have been everything he wanted to show. I think I read today there was a dream sequence where Kelly's dead mother is talking to her, but it's the same actress, Dolly Reed, with like old age makeup. And there's, some, there's something else weird going on with that. Um, I kind of I wish the editing was better because <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like that just would help a lot. 
Yeah, and I understand where you're coming from because, like I said earlier, it is very overwhelming. It is a intense trip to go on. Like even at the with same the... time, that's part of the reason that I personally really love it, though. I feel kind of weird. I feel kind of, but I I'm, I'm kind of on in the middle on it. Yeah, I feel like the title card is supposed to at the beginning is supposed to be like, "Buckle up, kiddos! It's going to be a wild ride." But then also, I think this is supposed to be like you're supposed to feel like you're on drugs. I think this is supposed to be like you are taking dolls. You're taking uppers or downers or something. Maybe, like yeah, yeah. But they don't communicate that. <laughs> You're just supposed and, to know that, John. I don't know what to tell you. No, but okay. uh, no, it's really interesting because I I do agree with that. But at the same time, like I said, I think that's part of the reason. I think to me, it was so different than anything I'd seen before. And and if you want to just talk just solely about the editing and how erratic it is that sometimes I do like that overwhelming feeling. I I mean, it's a journey. It's something, if that's a, it's something that I enjoy if I'm having an enjoyable experience with it, this one, you're not so sure, at least the first time, if you're Mm -hmm. really liking where you're going. Oh no. I mean, there are things that I can like it for the camp factor reasons that you like it. Like it is over the top. There are some moments. I I do have some sharps. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, There are some songs I would add to my life's playlist that we'll get to that. But like first viewing just like hit me like a train. (laughs) Like I didn't, I, I was just like, Whoa, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it does. It's like you've, you've hit, you've been, hit by train i think that's a perfect way to describe it um maybe and maybe i was just i was kind of like a little more used to that with some of some of the movies that i love anyway you know maybe maybe that's why i was more open to it i mean there's other flats i really do hate randy's character in a it's not really necessary and then it makes you like petch petch or they just call her pet you know kind of makes you like her less at least for a bit for doing that because she and emerson are so perfect together but she needed to be corrupted by L.A. like the rest of them were. I, but that's the thing. She should have been like the one that was like pure throughout. You know, I don't know. But I just don't like him. Obviously, he's mean. And another flat, yeah, would definitely be Porter Hall, which I mean, he's, I guess, somewhat important to the story. I do feel that we have to see too much of him. Yes. Uh, Is he dating and- Susan at the beginning? No. Right? No, no, he's like he's her lawyer, and he's but he's a little too always little too there. Emergency. He's always there because he knows she's got money, and it's where Kelly doesn't know that. Mm. So he think, but he thinks that that it's because he's blaming her for that because that's what that's what his motive is. So to go to my sharps, mm-hmm. um, I'm sharpening that woman in orange. I don't know who she is. I don't think she has a name. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, I sharped the line, you're a groovy boy. I'd like to strap you on sometime because I laughed so hard at that line that (laughs) Ashley says. I I didn't sharp it. I'm not going to sharp it, but I liked that there was a predatory woman because usually it's a man that's predatory in movies. Yeah. And so we have, uh, we have, you know, a balance where she's super hungry for that D. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also sharped the dice lighter. I want it. I want it so bad. Oh, yeah. But she's when yeah. Kelly teaches Porter how to smoke weed. 
and yeah. and thus t- teaching all of us how to smoke weed. Um, hold and then, it here. And then hold it here. And then my, I'm adding a. I, I didn't write this down, but while we were talking about it, I thought of it. I want to sharp the whisper scene because it is so insane. Where uh, which, Z-Man which is one? Z-Man is whispering to Casey. He's whispering to one of the band members, and then no, yes, I'm he's trying whis- to think. He's whispering to somebody, and then Susan and Porter, I think, are sitting on a couch as well, like not five feet away from them. And oh, that's when Charles Napier comes in, right? Yes. And it's Susan's long lost love, and it's like, yeah, and he's like, look, go. look at this shit that I just stirred. Ooh, I'm. Well, so this would be bad. interesting. Yeah, I am a bad gay. Bad Z man, bad. I know. <laughs> like that, like when that it should be a flat for me, but I just no, that's my yeah. sharp. Because when when you see him put his hand to his mouth, hand to his face as if he's going to whisper, and I'm doing it for Tyler to see, so none of you can understand what I'm doing. Yeah, because they're listening. Yeah. And then it cuts back that we mm-hmm. see Susan and Porter's conversation happening. But you see Z-Man still whispering up a storm. I know. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. I do. There are some insane moments I did like. I just, yeah. there's just too much that I couldn't digest it all or write it all down. Um, yeah. But what about you? What were your sharps? Or do you just <laughs> want to say the whole movie? <laughs> I'm tempted to say the whole movie. But no, I think, okay, the things that I love the most. Even though I, I didn't like him as much for some reason, Z Man, I I mean that the performance is so crazy. I think I've said the word nuts so many times, and since we've been recording it, but everything is nuts. But he's just, uh, I like I said, it's just like the camera loves him too. I feel like it'd be his eyes, John Lazar's eyes, and there's such an intensity, and it is frightening. And it kind of, I was like, this is scary that he's chasing, he's killing everybody, you know. All but he's got some sweet guests. sideburns. Oh, I wish I had those. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, I know what shocked me was that he just chopped off, you know, Lance's head. And it, you see it go rolling. And then when I think it's auto sees him and he's like holding it up and like it's that, you know, wide shot. <laughs> so, uh. And then when he that. shoots Roxanne and then the paint gets shot, like splattered in his face. Yeah. What's that? Oh, that would, no, that'd probably be a flat for me. Honestly, I just, Oh no, I'm uh, just, I was just listing things that are crazy in this movie. Yeah. Oh, that was, the, Oh, that was definitely what I'm saying earlier. The big flat for me is the color of the blood. Yeah. It's just so crazy. It's like, it's, it's like, or- it's like orange. It's like orange basically. Yeah. Um, but the other sharps, I mean the songs. I mean the songs are so. Oh yes, I, I I agree with you on that sharp to the songs. And um, to I just think one... the originality of it. I mean, I think the the fact that whether or not it was intended to be a parody and a mixture, I think it was intended to be a mixture of genres. But was it intended to be seen as a parody? Maybe not. But um. I I I just I think it succeeds far better than uh had it been with another director or another uh or another creative team. I I really 
something about it for me at least just instantly clicked and instantly worked as a nice segue i want to read this off of the wikipedia page okay. i'm sorry that i've been quoting the wikipedia page the whole time yeah, but i want to go with what we got you know i was i was looking i wanted to say their names again lynn carey and barbara robinson who are the the uh vocalists mm-hmm. in this um but according to the wikipedia page carries and robinson's voices are showcased on the apocalyptic rocker find it the earnest folk anthem come with the gentle people the ron- the raunchy r&b of sweet talk and candy man the lilting ballad in the long run and the soulful strut of look on up at the bottom oh which i love that one too I, but i was just like apocalyptic rocker you know what you could use any adjective about any aspect of this movie and it would fit perfectly can i just say too you can't say that about a lot of you can't say that about a lot of movies Maybe that's why i love it so much this it's so open to this, anything this movie's music those the songs mm-hmm. made me think of a mama's and the papa song yeah, hold on. Let me find and it. That's what John, well, that's what John Waters mentioned in his thing. I mean, uh, his little interview. It made me think of twelve thirty. Young girls are coming to the canyon, which was in Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, okay. I've seen that movie. Um, I haven't. No. And speaking of songs, what would you add to your likes playlist? The one that for me, yeah, and like I said just a little while ago i just love that sequence anyway but i don't know just kind of like come with the gentle people spread love across the land you know i really think i was a hippie in my previous life i mean everything that i love i think we know i was i mean i'm all about that peace and love crap what can i say it's (laughs) i mean just because that and i love that i'm like yes let's spread love across the land and come with the gentle people and i mean you think of them uh, how obsessive i am with jesus christ superstar and hair and the big and tommy in a way you know is is very you know so i think that's probably why i love this movie too it's very much of that time and um you know and i had a thought just now too i mean i think that's part of the reason i wasn't not that i was nervous but i was kind of thinking like i told you before we even hit before you hit record i didn't really know how we were going to talk about this movie it's hard to talk about really what i would say to if i was telling like a friend about it i would say you just got to watch it yes you really you just really have to watch it and experience uh it, it was actually kind of funny i was on the phone with my mom a little bit before we I, we started this i've got a cousin in uh, my hometown of cookville and uh, cody who i will have to send him when we release this but he loved this movie way before i saw it and that was he's friends with john lazar too on facebook so that's brought us together where that's all he, if he does see me it's all he talks about he's like oh beyond the valley of the dolls i'm like well but you, it's hard to talk about it because you just kind of have to watch the movie and experience it and it's like but anyway i I totally went off the rails like i tend to do uh as you know so Um, i would add to my life (laughs) yeah i was gonna say my mom was asking me about like the plot no (laughs) because she knew i was gonna record this with you and she said well what's it about i'm like well 
you know, it's like when people ask me if somebody's somehow never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show and they say, what's the plot? Well, I can start off and then they get to the castle. And I'm like, and it's the same thing. You just got to watch it. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I it didn't make sense to me when I saw it when I was 10. So I just, you know. Anyway, what would you add to your life's playlist? Um, Stop I would me add, from talking. I would add um, Find It. Come yeah. with the gentle people as well, and mm. in the long run, I did oh, I like love it. that one. Um, I love in the long run. Oh, and I love Look on Up and Sweet Talking Candy Man. <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> Looking up at the bottom, I wrote down. I don't understand the mugging of Harris's uh, that Harris is doing. Is Harris wearing a wig? <laughs> I thought he was. Wearing I a wig think that's. That scene. I, I think that's his real hair. And, in that uh, scene, I thought he was wearing a wig. Like maybe oh. it was a reshoot or something. But yeah, I don't think they did. Well, they, they didn't. I don't think they did any reshoots. He wasn't forced to go back and reshoot anything. Who knows? They they didn't let him put in the extra titties he took out. So I don't know. And on that note, on the titties note, Tyler, we're done with this episode. I'm calling it. We're done. That's the first time I've I've ever ended on that note. <laughs> what do you have to plug or promote? I don't really have much going on uh, to promote. I know I'm going to try to get back into a theater production. Well, there's some auditions happening, I think, beginning of December. If people have listened to me ramble on this long and, and they actually want to know more about my obsessions and uh, some of the cool shit I'm up to in Nashville, which there's a lot of cool shit going on, you'll usually see that I'm at the Belcourt Theater. If I'm not home or at work, I'm there. But they show they show some great movies. But yeah, it's just a Tyler Henry actor. <laughs> Instagram, it's the same same thing. What the hell is that? The thumbs up is back. That was Russ Meyer telling me, Tyler, you're you're going on to. And if you genuinely love this movie for zero camp reasons, I'd love to hear about it. I doubt you exist, but I'd love to hear about it. Oh, they're you- out there. They're out there. You can email me at buttersungpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersungpod. Do you know what this is parodying? Because I don't. And Tyler <laughs> is doesn't either. So we would love to I hear. have no idea. If if you, the listener, knows, we would love to know. Um, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, what we're going to be talking about, Sound of Metal. Oh, not where I thought that was going. No. <laughs> if, you oh. looked at, if you looked at your outline, you would have seen it. Uh, <laughs> um, to be fair, I have it pulled up. I'm I just so... haven't looked at it. <laughs> I looked at it earlier today, and then well, I forgot about it. Well, Tyler, I mean, this it was a wild <laughs> ride. It, it was a wild ride. And yeah. you know, like, I'm happy I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I Sorry, I'm happy I experienced it. And... We're going to experience it again at some point in the future. I know that. Um, You have to. You have to watch it at least one more time. Let's see if somebody does it as a second chance, because, my God. When when you're ready. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a lot. Yeah. Everyone, thank you for listening. And bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>